Happy Halloween, and welcome to another episode of Disney Versus, sponsored by rum. Just rum. <laughs> oh, please, though. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about creepy movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. It is spooky season. Halloween is around the corner. And we are going to discuss today a bracket of Disney's Halloween movies. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. What we usually do on this podcast is we select movies, we rank them in a March Madness or tournament style bracket, and we uh, talk shit about them and debate them until we have a true winner. Before we get to our Halloween bracket for the day, Grace, what you watching? Uh, I watched a bunch of Halloween movies. I just got back from Texas, but before I left, my parents and I started watching, well, we watched the original Halloween and then the new Halloween. Um, And so hopefully I'm going to see the new, new Halloween in theaters right now this week. Halloween Um, kills. Yeah. Cool. And then uh, we watched Downton Abbey. (laughs) Which my parents, I've seen Downton Abbey once. My parents have seen it. Uh, they've watched it like three times during the pandemic. Uh, and so we watched some of that and that was a nice throwback. That is definitely a palate cleanser for Halloween. Yeah, a little bit. And then Amber's listening to Game of Thrones right now on audiobook. So we just watched the first couple episodes nice. of Game of Thrones too. So One of my staff members is on book six, I think. Whichever the most recent book is, that's what he that's what he's on. Mm-hmm. I'm also binge reading, or I just finished binge reading Zodiac Academy, which is like adult Harry Potter with a little bit of smut. And ten of ten suggests that that's your jam. May the smut be with you. May the smut be with you. I would have put that on a T-shirt, real bad right now. What are you watching, Tori? I have been watching Fear Street on Netflix the uh-huh. part one part two and part three i watched part one and i was like is this worth it because it was kind of weird uh it was kind of goofy and kooky and i mean it was a slasher film it was a kind of 90s slasher film part one is set in 94 so that's apt and a couple of friends were like it gets better part two and part three are a lot better I'm like okay watch part two Uh, Part two is very in the vein of uh, Friday the 13th, the one with Jason. Yeah, Yeah, Friday the 13th, because it's set at a a camp. And then part three opens kind of like a, kind of like the Crucible, but with more killing, not a spoiler. Yeah, I I liked how all all the movies were kind of in the vein of some kind of slasher film or some kind of horror movie. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good. I recommend them. If you get through the first, if you get through part one, the other two are totally worth it. And then I just finished okay. reading Friday Night Lights, the uh, the book. Yeah, you were reading that while I was there. That's, yeah. Uh, and it was good? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of back home. Was the book written before the series or after? Do you know? The book was first, and then there was the movie. The movie was more closely based on the book. And then Mm -hmm. the show. The show is loosely based on everything. I forgot there was a movie, actually. The movie's, like, it's all good. This is probably one of the few book, movie, TV shows that I would recommend. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no news today, obviously. Uh, We are going to be talking about Halloween stuff the entire episode. You ready for some spookiness? I am. Ooh, let's get it. So, how did we put this bracket together? We did our Star Wars episode. We told you how we put that one together, so we're going to do the same here. The pool of movies we chose from are all available on Disney+. Plus. That was, the I think, the easiest way to do this for both of us so we could all watch them. Um, mm-hmm. we, uh, we each made our own list, and kind of pick the ones that were i think we had six of them that we all Mm -hmm. that we both chose and then uh we picked like we each picked like one from our list that was like this one has to be there Mm -hmm. and then we switched one and put in monsters (laughs) university (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to blame Pedro for that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then the way we rank them, just to be simple, we picked the Rotten Tomato score, and that's how we ranked them. A lot of people will ask when they look at this bracket and listen to this episode, why didn't we include The Nightmare Before Christmas? But Tori, you and Grace love Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, absolutely we do. And because of that, <laughs> it's like, why does college football love Alabama so much? Like, we could not be, we could not be <laughs> impartial towards Nightmare Before Christmas. So, in fairness to every other movie on this list, we took Nightmare Before Christmas out because if you listen to this podcast regularly we've done believe three four episodes where we just gushed about nightmare before christmas so yeah it's unfair so there is no nightmare before christmas which opened it up for the rest of the field don't worry we'll be watching that soon absolutely we're not going to go super deep on a lot of these movies some of them are a lot more insightful than others and like we'll just have a conversation about them until we're just till we reach a point where it's like no we don't need to talk about this anymore and then we'll decide in the event of a tie of course we have heather the coin here to break ties the coin she is back in all of her coin glory and as always if you make a hot take or a divisive point you gotta explain that tori's not always the best at explaining why he's mad Anastasia. If you listen to our last episode, it got I got off the rails very quickly. So had to fix that. Alright. Gracie ready? I'm so ready. Our first matchup is the four seed Halloween Town versus the five seed Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. We're just gonna get the most difficult one probably out of the way first. So mad. Tori and I kept going back and forth creating this bracket and so I was in Texas for three weeks. Um, I just got back to Indiana, Indiana this weekend. And while I was there, I went up to Denton and saw Tori and Pedro and Alana. Shenanigans were had. It was a good time. But we were building the bracket while I was there. And we kept passing our phones back and forth with our notes. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't really realize where, because we swapped out Monsters U, or swapped out Monsters Inc. for Monsters U, I didn't really realize where the bracket landed, and I'm not happy, Tori. Oh, no. <laughs> can I Can I be completely honest with you? Uh-huh. Regardless of where we had put these, these were always going to be... They were always going to come up against each other. Oh, I thought Monsters U switched it around with something else. No, no. Monsters U... Well, we'll get to it, but, like, Monsters, Inc. would have been... We switched out Monsters, Inc. for Monsters, U. Come at us in the comments. Mm-hmm. We did it. It's over with. Uh, <laughs> Monsters... I had to say it, like, three times before Tori actually made it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Monsters, Inc. would have been number one, and then Pirates and Halloween Town were always right next to each other, so this was going to happen regardless. This was my first time... I was born in 91. These movies were all... All of these... Disney Channel original movies were all in my wheelhouse. This is the first time I've ever seen Halloween Town. Full disclosure. I've, I've never what? sat and watched it before. Oh, my God. The, the only thing I knew about Halloween Town was that the second one was called Calabar's Revenge. So when Calabar was introduced in the movie, I was like, oh, he's the oh, bad guy. no. He, he's the bad guy. <laughs> Why is he? I mean... Oh, that's Calabar. He has to revenge at some point. So he's, the ga- he's the bad guy. By the way, if you're new to the show, we're really bad about spoilers. We're we're bad about spoilers for old movies. We give you all the ample opportunity if you've never seen like Luca. But yeah. spoilers will be had in this entire episode. Sorry. Continue. Anything that is fifteen years or older. If you've never seen Halloween Town before, like me. Calabar's the bad guy. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about these? Uh, it has been a long time since I've seen Halloween Town. I watched it last night, and it's a little more than an hour and a half, and it goes fast. It's a simple storyline. It goes fast. It's almost too fast to get to the bad guy and get out. Yes. Like all of that happens in about twenty minutes. But I do, I do think it's a really cute story, and I think it's. 
because it's fast, it's low commitment, and I think it's totally appropriate for a Disney original movie, a Disney TV movie. Yeah, a Disney Channel original movie. Thank you very much. That one, Disney Channel. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's perfect for that, and it may, you know what? I'm sad I didn't suggest Under Wraps in this uh, list because that's another one that I would have considered reviewing for this. The concession with Under Wraps is it's not on Disney Plus. Oh, right. They have a new one on Disney Plus, but it's not the old one. Yeah, this is a Disney Channel original movie. The thing about all of these movies, or most of these movies, except for like two of them, they were all a brisk, you know, 90-ish minutes. So Mm -hmm. when you were here, we watched, what, four of them in one day, basically? Three. Yeah, we did... Uh, no, we got four of three. them. Did we? Because we did two of them with Pedro and Lana, and then we did two of them with just you and me. Oh, that's Sorry, I already blocked Don't Look Under the Bed from my mind. <laughs> We're getting there. I agree with you that Halloween Town was, I think, too short for it to be super effective. Because... Mm-hmm. They get to Halloween Town. I think it takes them 20 minutes to actually get to Halloween Town. And then you have to talk about what the world is like. And uh, you have to introduce the characters of Halloween Town. And then that's another 30 minutes. So that means you have like 30, 40 minutes to introduce what the problem is. Like the actual, like the midst of the problem. And Mm -hmm. then you have to resolve it. And then you have to wrap up the end. And everything just moves so quickly. And I don't think I got like a really good story of it all. It was Mm -hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of exposition and a lot of explaining what things are and how things were. I mean, I don't think there was enough action for me. I think they could have gotten to Halloween Town faster too. Or just started Um, at Halloween Town. Yeah, or that. It does make me want to watch Halloween too. And see Halloween Town 2. Not Halloween 2. Halloween 2 is not good. Don't watch that. Noted. I kind of want to watch Halloween Town 2, but like, uh, I've, I've survived this long. Yeah. I've survived this long without needing Halloween Town in my nerd uh, oeuvre or in my nerd, <laughs> you know, my nerd memory banks. So I think I'll be fine without the others. Whereas Halloween Town was too short. I think Pirates was too long. By about one false ending? Yes. The The problem with all of these Disney Channel original movies, and there are, what, two and a half of them in our bracket. In my head, Hocus Pocus is a Disney Channel original movie, even though it had a theatrical mm-hmm. release. And it wasn't a Disney Channel original movie at all. All of the... like A lot of all of these movies are just very boom, boom, boom. You're in, you're out, you're scared. Pirates, I and with in watching Pirates, when you get to, um, if this if Pirates were a Disney Channel original movie, it would have ended after they got to Ilha de Muerta the first time. Like that would have been it. Yeah. And then there was an extra, you know, double cross, which extended the movie. But can we talk about how good it is? Oh, absolutely. Solid. Like Tori Jumping just bashing it already, but. I love this, especially the first like 30 minutes of this movie are so perfect, so crisp, engaging. The music's amazing. It lays the groundwork for the entire rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Such a great beginning. And there are things that happen in the first 30 minutes that trail through all the other movies. I'm not even sure if I saw the last movie or two of the series. I mean, you can stop after At World's End and you're good. Yeah. I think Johnny Depp's intro, like the introduction mm-hmm. of Jack Sparrow, is one of the best character introductions ever oh, in a movie. For sure. And yeah. He gives a really just bomb performance as Jack Sparrow. And I think this is the best he's been. And it just gets progressively more out there. And I think he should have kind of been reined in a little bit. But, you know, when you get nominated for an Oscar for a character, you, you just just run with it i guess Commit. yeah i think this is the only movie in our bracket that got nominated for an oscar i'm thinking maybe frank and weenie and maleficent got nominated b 
because last thing got nominated for makeup, Frank and Weenie might have gotten nominated for best animated, but Johnny mm-hmm. Depp got nominated for best actor. Wow, for the first Pirates? Yeah, for the first one, only oh, the first one. That makes sense. I, I don't know if I want to say I've said one of my few gripes with this movie. I think I want to save the other one for later, maybe. Ooh, but, presumptive. Yeah, I will say to praise Halloween Town, uh, Kimberly J. Brown. If we had a drinking game for this, take a drink every time Kimberly J. Brown is just just roasting people. There were like four <laughs> or five instances where it's just like, yo, she's been roasting her mom for like a whole two minutes right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is it? A one shot of Kimberly Brown roasting her mom and her mom just taking it. That's the funny thing. Oh, that was funny. And it's at the very beginning of the movie, too. It's like, so is this going to be the whole movie? And then it kind of was. That makes me want to watch the other two, hoping that there's Mm -hmm. more of that. More seconds. Yeah, but they made up. Now they're aligned. Yeah. Okay, so what's your favorite soundtrack for the Pirates movies? Three. Solid, yeah. Yeah, three is definitely my favorite, too. I have a bunch of, like, extra music that's not on, like, the commercial soundtrack. Oh, okay. Because uh, I love the the Hoist the Colors suite. Yeah. Oh! My mom got me a gift that I think you might find interesting. It's a cassette tape of the original Beauty and the Beast soundtrack. What? Which I, which I used to be obsessed with. And the my mom was saying that the CD is different. Like the track that's on Spotify or online is different than it is on the cassette huh. track. So I need to find a way to transfer a cassette which i know is something that you used to be able to do at the unt music library but do you have a cassette player is the real question no i smell an adventure but before we get to that uh i think are 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 we ready to choose yeah what you thinking pirates yeah i'm gonna go with pirates too pirates also after watching Don't Look Under the Bed, I was a little hesitant to watch Halloween Town because I remembered really, really enjoying it. But I also remembered enjoying Don't Look Under the Bed, and I did not this time around. Spoiler alert. So I'm glad I didn't dislike Halloween Town. I don't dislike Halloween Town. I just don't see the point. It's one of those movies that people were like, oh, it's so great. And I don't know if it's their specific taste. If it's kid goggles that they're looking at it at, or mm-hmm. I just need someone who's a Halloween Town super fan to sit down and explain to me, why is this movie so loved? Pirates is one of those movies, the first Pirates, is one of those movies that, like, if I see it on TV, I'll just sit down and watch it. Like, it doesn't matter where it is, where it's at in the movie. It's, it's one of those that I just thoroughly enjoy. Right. And it's also one of the rides that I prioritize going on more than once when I go to Disney World. I've never been on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Oh, it's so good. I've been to Disney World all of once, and I was eight. So there is a, mm-hmm. the, that is another gap in my uh, we, we need to fandom. We need to make that happen. We should make that happen the next year. I think so. Moving on to our next matchup. We have the three seed, Monsters University, the controversial three seed, versus number six seed, Maleficent. Controversial because we swapped it out? Controversial because it's here at all. So originally, Monsters, Inc. was slated for the bracket. Both of us nominated that movie. And then when we um, hung out with Pedro and Alana when I was up in Denton, Pedro suggested that we do monsters university for drunken disney and i personally i think i love monsters you more now so i was all about it and then once it came time to actually finalizing the bracket tori asked and i was like uh one i like it more and two i've already watched that one and i haven't watched monsters Inc. in a long time so right so that's that's how we ended up here to back up the choice like i can agree with putting monsters university in here because in watching it there are more monsters, so I think it's like there are more, a more eclectic group of monster types that are on display, as opposed to in uh, 
Monstropolis. You don't really see Monstropolis all that much. I mean, you, you have the CDA, but you have the mm-hmm. CDA in Monsters U. You have all of the co-workers, but some of those co-workers show up in the movie, whether they're, you know, younger or they're different. You know, mo- they take a trip to the actual factory. So you have those monsters that work there. And this is expanded on in Monsters at Work. There are different uh, schools. There's Fear Tech. There's Fear Co. So mm-hmm. the, it expands the world of monsters, like underlined monsters more. Every time we talk about one of the monsters movies, I talk about world building. And I don't, I, I mean, Pixar does such a great job of world building to begin with. But it's hard to think about, aside from maybe Zootopia, it's hard to think about any animated movie that creates such a thorough world throughout the course of the movie. From scratch, yeah. Because I think the Cars and Toy Story worlds come to mind, but there's Mm -hmm. already a basis for that pulling it at an imaginary string and just going with it. Like, what is the toy world like? What are Cars worlds mm-hmm. like without people? Even in Cars and in... Toy Story. You just said? Toy, toy Story. Story. Those are just like subgroups of the same world. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, that argument doesn't really work because so is Monsters. So is Monstropolis. Yeah. It's... Humans still exist in the world. This is just like another dimension that they step through. Fair. That's fair. Speaking of humans, Monsters University also has the biggest scare in the franchise because they create that scare that makes a door explode. They overload a door, they overload all the canisters that was in that uh, lab that they were, that the door was in because they completely terrify a group of park rangers it features mike's ingenuity sully's signature scream sorry sully's signature roar and just the cowering of all those adults is unparalleled in you know monsters canon i think that's why it it deserves its spot here maleficent was kind of boring to me I didn't think it was boring. I didn't think it was incredibly compelling, but I didn't think it was boring. And I do really like, this was, I mean, one of the first of that kind of recreation of a basic story that we already know. I love that concept. I think I've only seen this once before and I liked it okay. Same. This came out, or I think this one, or maybe the second one came out near the Huntsman movie, which had, that was on TV the other day, has a million people, like A-list people in it, but is awful. Yeah. And I think because of those concepts, like the storylines are kind of similar, I get them mixed up. And so I thought Maleficent was going to be worse than it was, but I actually, I enjoyed it. Maleficent had exactly what I thought it was going to have, which was Angelina Jolie just doing her shit. Just yeah. Angelina Jolie completely slayed as Maleficent and that's what yeah, I was expecting she was phenomenal she had the she looked the part except Maleficent's face I think is green I think that made a that made sense to kind of humanize fairies I kind of liked the world of it all like or the, I like the just like with my thoughts on Cruella I like how they took a character that we didn't know that much about and gave her an interesting backstory to humanize her basically and it's like why is she bad why is she so bad? How was how was she scorned? I don't know how I feel about her relationship with Aurora. It felt like grooming. <laughs> a little bit like grooming. But I was thinking That's like if she wanted to did did she want to kill Aurora? Or was she like, hey, your dad's still hot, so maybe I won't kill you? Cause she could have just, you know, murked her at any point. Oh no, he, he she definitely think didn't think the dad was still hot. So much so that like I forgot halfway through the movie that that's why Maleficent cursed Aurora. Dad cut the wings off. Her love. Yeah. She was, you know, scorned. 
basically because mm-hmm. prince philip or no prince stefan went and married someone else after uh, it's a lot uh but on the whole it was just kind of boring to me because a lot of time is spent during the movie talking about the relationship between maleficent and aurora and it just wasn't all that interesting to me and where were the fairies the fairies that were supposed to be taking care of her just ineffective you know how i feel about ineffective people (laughs) they just weren't very present you had one job one i think we talked about this when we originally talked about sleeping beauty those fairies had one job and they completely screwed it up and they were at least funny like the scenes in the animated version were at least funny and Mm. they just weren't in this yeah yeah like the make it pink make it blue scenes that was kind of funny. yes yeah really the best the cake scene and yeah fold in two eggs (laughs) (laughs) and i can i can like still picture exactly the texture of the cake as she's holding it over like yes (laughs) that's that's more like beignet dough (laughs) yeah uh what's your pick monsters you monsters you yeah i'm picking monsters you also maleficent just didn't whet my appetite enough mm-hmm. like i kind of want to see the second one to see if they expand on aurora and maleficent's relationship a little bit but looking at this one like i don't care about their relationship and stefan's dead so spoilers so what do we do <laughs> i told you i'm the worst so what are they expanding on in the next one mm-hmm. and then monsters is so much fun it's it's just so much fun yeah i I like monsters a lot and I think it's a really not just a movie that I really enjoy watching but I think it's a really high quality movie um and Maleficent was decent but feels like it needs a follow-up like it feels like I don't know enough yet and Monsters University I don't need to know more but I want to because I'm so engaged in the world it's built next matchup we have the two seed Frank and Weenie Versus the seven seed, Hocus Pocus. I can't believe Frank and Weenie was a two seed. It's very, it was very well received by critics and audiences. Can I just jump to the end of this one? No, because it fucking wrecked me. Okay, I don't think I'd ever seen this movie before. I loved Tim Burton, and for some reason, I did not want to finish this. I didn't want to finish it. I did, but I watched like the first hour and like 35 40 minutes into it i'm like i'm just not feeling this and i stuck it out for 20 more minutes it's like okay no i'm gonna stop and then i'm gonna finish this later when i'm when i'm into it and this movie didn't redeem itself until like the last 15 minutes for me when it goes into uh monster movie mode yes and then it had such an opportunity and i think it took the wrong route I think I know where you're going. Spoiler alert, at the end, there's an opportunity where Sparky, the dog, dies, and the boy tries to re-enliven this dog for the second time. I like the word reanimate. <laughs> Reanimate's good. And I found myself hoping that the dog didn't wake up. I was heartbroken that the dog died in the first place and then that the dog died again. But from a lesson standpoint, which, I mean, Tim Burton lessons are always a little abstract to begin with, but from a lesson standpoint, there was a real opportunity to talk about death in a productive way um, with kids that some, there are consequences. Like that's a very common theme in horror. There are consequences when you bring something back from the dead and they're not good most of the time and they missed the opportunity. They were almost there because they reanimated all these other creatures and they became kind of mutants. They were almost there. And then they gave up to make a happy ending and bring the dog back. And I get it. It, it made for a happier ending. Um, but I, I think cinematically it would have been better if Sparky had stayed dead. I 100% agree with you. 100%. (laughs) Because I was watching it, and me, behind the scenes, 
I lost two of my dogs earlier this year. So, uh, in the en- at the end, when they pull the dog out of the windmill, when he's like, it's okay, boy, you don't have to come back this time. I'm sobbing. I am yeah. just, I am so, I'm on the couch in a puddle. And then the dog wakes up again, and I'm just like, no. It, it was such a, it, it killed, it killed the vibe by making it happy like i was okay with being sad and there are other ways that you could have made it a happy ending like they could have rebuilt the mill and dedicated it in honor of sparky or victor could have got another dog and you know there could have been a photo of sparky somewhere Mm -hmm. there were other ways to make that a happy ending without bringing sparky back a second time but yeah i agree with you but Holy shit, this is a Tim Burton movie. Like, from the yeah. character design to the music. <gasps> Shout out to Danny Elfman. Character design so much so that there were at least two identical characters to Nightmare. Did you notice? There are at least two towards the end. The one that I saw was the rat, the rodent, whatever, that Igor uh-huh. brings back. Is Yes, it's kind of werewolf-like. Yeah, it looks like the werewolf. I think- and Igor mm-hmm. himself looks like Finkelstein's assistant. Those yeah. are the only two that I got. Which makes sense because that's that's who Finkelstein is, right? That's mm-hmm. he's um, he's Frankenstein. But also, one of the boys is shaped like a bowling ball, and um, the the boy that creates the sea monkeys that brings the sea monkeys back to life oh, is shaped yeah. like a very very round boy wearing stripes. And in Nightmare Before Christmas, there's that scene where there's a very round boy who's being chased down the hall by a jumping jack-o'-lantern, a jack-o'-lantern in a box. Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? And there's that, there's the last, so, and so I was like, I was thinking that. And then to like even further imprint that idea in my mind, I'm almost positive that the sample of the jack-o'-lantern box the sample that they used for that was the same one of the samples that they used for the screaming sea monkeys that same sound hmm. kind of this like haunted cackle i didn't I'm catch that almost positive yeah go back and watch and listen in and tell me if like if that's just something that i wired into my brain or if, if i'm not crazy i had more characters in my head more characters designs in my head from corpse bride the humans were shaped the same yeah the, the mayor mm-hmm. reminded me of uh, Mr. Everblot, Everglot mm-hmm. from Corpse Bride. Yeah. And even even the dad and the boy, they looked kind of like the main character from Corpse Bride, too. Yeah. And Just his name was Victor. Design. His name was yeah. even Victor, mm-hmm. even though it's Victor Frankenstein. This is a very Tim Burton movie. The, the girl with the cat with the omens just... <laughs> oh my gosh i was like please make was, her pupils bigger she was she was too much she yes. was too much yes but i do love the aesthetic of this movie because it mm-hmm. it is a frankenstein movie and then yeah. towards the end it becomes an old school monster movie which mm-hmm. is set up from the opening scene with victor's his his amateur movie I, I just love the way that paid off and how it went with the aesthetic of the full black and white. I forgot that this was completely black and white the entire time. Mm-hmm. But I really think that it worked out based on, you know, the the genre that we were sitting in for this. Mm-hmm. And of course, the animation, the, the stop motion of it all was wonderful. I thought his his amateur movie was so cute with, you know, how he. How yes, he I thought so, too. It. Yeah. It's super creative and also a nod to claymation. Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. I am not one of those people that every Halloween or really any Halloween, I have to watch Hocus Pocus. I'm not one of those people. This movie, like Maleficent, is a. It gives Bette Midler a chance to just shine. Yeah. And that's about it. I disagree. 
I think this is another example of a movie that has a super simple storyline. It's well executed. It's rich. It's also town based, which I like. And I think it's pretty straightforward. It's very, I mean, it's a cult classic. There's no real reason why this should be as successful as it is, but it's catchy. I like this movie. So successful yeah. that it's, it, it's getting a sequel almost 20 years later. Is that how successful it was? It's playing on nostalgia. Fine. Yeah, that's what a cult classic is, Tori. How many cult classics have sequels that are good? <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of movies that I think of as cult classics, like Nightmare Before Christmas and Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> that Those are cult classics. Uh, Princess Bride It's another cult classic. It doesn't matter that they don't have sequels doesn't matter that hocus pocus is having a sequel that doesn't make it less of a cult classic i'm not saying that the the sequel is warranted but i also don't think it's unwarranted i don't think it's warranted tori's just a hater y'all tori's in his bitter i'm used to being the bitter one i have been positive for five years grace <laughs> you've been holding me up <laughs> <laughs> now i get to be the dark side like i can't Except for Bette Midler's performance, and I guess the theme of, you know, taking care of your sister because the cat and the boy who lights the candle, uh, Max is his name. They share a bond because they're, you know, older brothers and all that. Other than that, and all the all the virgin jokes, that, that was funny. <laughs> the cop, are you really a virgin? Yes, I will get it tattooed on my forehead. Uh, I think I've seen Hocus Pocus maybe uh, two and a half times. This is 90s PG. Yeah. There's a lot of like adult innuendo, like the bus driver who was clearly trying to. Yeah, I feel like this would be PG-13 now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a soft PG-13. Yeah, soft PG-13. Parental guidance is definitely suggested for this one. Do ratings ever change? No. Except for like NC-17s and rated X movies. Sometimes those will change based on the region, Mm -hmm. but no, like an R rated, or if you go from like an R rated movie and then you have an unrated director's cut, then you just don't have a rating. Mm -hmm. Or if you just, you know, sanitize it. Cause I think there's an R rated Deadpool and then there's a PG 13 rated Deadpool where they just edited a lot of stuff out. But Mm -hmm. I think those are the only cases I can think of. Me personally, I'm picking Frank and Weenie. I'm picking Hocus Pocus. Looks like we have a tie. Do you want heads or tails? I'll take heads. Okay. We're using Costa Rican uh, colonists. So heads has a mountain. Tails has laurel leaves. Do you want heads or tails? You said heads? Heads. Okay, great. Ready? I was just about to say, don't drop the coin, because I did that every time. Tails. Damn it. You see that? There you go. It's real. Sad day. Our next matchup, we have the number one seed, James and the Giant Peach, versus the eight seed, Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm surprised that James is number one, and I'm not at all surprised that Don't Look Under the Bed is number eight. James and the Giant Peach has a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes. Don't Look Under the Bed technically doesn't have a score, but it's here because we both picked it. Like, this was one of the six that we both <laughs> picked in our initial list. Wow, so we were mistaken. Yeah, we were like, oh, this is we, this will be fine. It totally holds up. It did not. We did this to ourselves. It did yes, not. Absolutely. It did not. I'm glad I didn't watch it by myself, though. That would have been excruciating. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that uh, Frank and Weenie just got knocked out because James and the Giant Peach was directed by Henry Selleck, who did The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. And we all know who Tim Burton is. Like, the two biggest giants of early stop motion had these movies, these, these spooky movies. Looking at this movie, you can tell that it was... Like, looking at the sets, you can tell that it was made to be stop motion. Because if you look at his house, you can tell that is a set. 
Mm-hmm. Like, there's the interior of the house. And from what I could tell, the exterior of the house was a puppet. Like, you could not yeah. open the door to the exterior of the house and walk in. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things. And when you get to New York, like, New York feels and looks so small. Mm-hmm. And this, the whole movie just looks so dirty. Like, it just looks like early stop motion, you know, macabre movies. It has that entire feel to it. And this was only made three years after Nightmare. Yes. I like it. It's it's very imaginative. Mm-hmm. I thought that... See, I had a bunch of assumptions about these movies that I saw a long time ago and hadn't seen since. I thought that James was going to wake up and this was all going to be a dream. I had mm-hmm. no idea. Like, the last say 30 minutes of the movie i had no idea what was going to happen uh Mm -hmm. i thought i i did not know they were going to actually make it to new york city and the bugs would be real and Mm -hmm. everyone would accept the bugs i had no idea that was going to happen i haven't haven't seen this movie in over 10 years and but i remember my mom really loving it i thought the first half of this movie The first half of this movie does a really great job of walking the line where you don't know if the fantasy that you're seeing, the extremism that you're seeing is in the boy's head or if it's real, if this is the movie world that you're being presented with or if this is imagination. And at some point we cross that line um, because the rhino we know isn't just a rhino. Then by the time you're in New York, you know that it's it's not just imagination. It is real. This is the world as it is in this movie and not some representation of our world, even though it mm-hmm. crosses over. I'm trying to think of another movie where, you know, you wake or kind of kind of like Wizard of Oz. I was thinking Wizard of Oz or Hook. See, I don't remember the end of Hook because in Hook, he actually goes to Neverland. Mm hmm. But in Wizard of Oz, she was just dreaming, and you were there, and you were there. I I thought it was going to be like that, because there's the spider from his window, there's the actual giant peach, and I I thought it was just going to be a place in his head that he uses to escape from the cruelty of his aunts. Mm hmm Absolutely, it's real. Okay. Yeah. New Yorkers being that nice. Uh, do you want to jump to Don't Look Under the Bed? Again, I'm glad we watched this together because yeah. it gave, you being there gave me someone to sound like, is, am I really? Am I crazy? Is this really what I'm looking at? <laughs> and I remember I told you like this, this Don't Look Under the Bed could have been so good if it mm-hmm. wasn't so silly. Or if it was and just if it did one or the other yes it had the potential to be just a silly scary movie or a scary scary movie because i read on the i read on the wikipedia that the movie scared kids so much that disney pulled it from you know regular rotation that makes sense i remember thinking that it was really scary yeah and i can totally see you know given the 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 what is it boogie world Yes. Given how, you know, creepy and uh, abstract Boogie World was, I can totally see kids freaking out over that. Mm-hmm. But all the jokiness of it all and all the silliness of it just kind of undercut it. And I remember telling you, like, the tone of this movie is all over the place, was all over mm-hmm. the place. And I don't know if I was supposed to be creeped out or just laughing at it the entire time because... I kind of wanted to be creeped out. I was fine without laughing or sorry, I didn't laugh at this movie. I was fine at not being joked at as much of this movie mm-hmm. in in order to be creeped out. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the creepiness that happens in this movie, you know, the pool being full of jello, the science teacher's car being egged profusely. Holy shit, that was a lot of eggs. That was a lot of eggs. The flower pots spelling out so and so loves her be- her best friend loves so and so in the in their front yard, which her friend that was a complete overreaction. Uh, I don't think so. I would be I would be so bummed. I get I'd that. be so embarrassing. I get that. 
but number one you just weren't a 13 year old girl tori uh i was a 13 year old boy it's not the same but the fact that we don't see the best friend for the rest of the movie did bother me (laughs) just not at all no crowd shots no reaction shots no nothing she's like you betrayed me peace out of the movie i'm done where's my check and she was the black best friend too yeah a lot of those instances weren't very scary they were just Mm -hmm. just weird creepy yeah yes they're not even not even creepy just weird like the movie has an atmosphere of creepy but with that but doesn't really do anything creepy i mean oh the creepiest thing is when they get to school and everybody's just standing in the the front of the school oh it's frozen Yes. Yeah. That was the creepiest thing. What doesn't really happen in this movie that bothers me is we never find out why. Like, she's obsessed with the science of, like, well, you have to define the theory and um, create a hypothesis. And she, so she's obsessed with the science of it. But then we never find out why exactly these events are happening at a mass scale. Like, for one a one-on-one boogeyman, that makes sense that... Uh, imaginary friend becomes a boogeyman but then what we didn't get was how are the boogeymen collaborating yeah i i would like to know what the office is like (laughs) (laughs) can i get some of that backstory the fbb the federal boogie bureau bureau of boogies the The bob the bureau of boogies (laughs) uh i'm gonna vote on this one yeah, I just I just wish this movie would have been more. It, it it had a lot of potential. It's just it didn't do anything with it. This makes me wonder, like, if I went back and watched the Disney special of NSYNC at Disneyland, would I enjoy it as much as I think I would? Probably. The answer is probably. I think that's different because it's a concert. Like, if you still enjoy the music, you'll probably still enjoy the live performance of it all. <laughs> Enjoy the music is a it's not the the word that I would use. Okay. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that and come back to that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Yeah. James and the Giant Peach? Yeah, James and the Giant Peach. Okay, so moving forward we have Monsters University versus Hocus Pocus and James and the Giant Peach versus Pirates of the Caribbean. Let's do Monsters University versus Hocus Pocus. Monsters University done handled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still have all my hangups about Hocus Pocus because. It... Yeah, it's okay. It's also not. Um, okay, so I mean, this is my own disadvantage. When I think about what I'm going to watch over and over again, which is my go-to for judging, it's obviously going to be Monsters University. I'll watch this any time of year. Hocus Pocus is not something that I'm going to pick up outside the month of October. Yeah, fair. But even still, it's more, it is more thematic to Halloween. So if we're talking best Halloween movie of the bunch, I think this is it. But if we're talking best movie overall, then I'm going Monsters U for sure. I think the better movie anyway is Monsters U. Halloween or otherwise, I don't think Hocus Pocus is good. That's just me. I think... I'm okay with it being Monsters U as the better Halloween movie, but if it had been Monsters, Inc. instead, I think I would say Hocus Pocus is the better Halloween movie because Monsters U spends so much time at the beginning of the school year, which is spooky season. It's all it's fall and you've already got monsters and then you've got that exercise or the competition that involved getting through all of the poisonous balls and speaking to the library. Yeah. The scare games are inherently spooky, but I don't know that monsters Inc would qualify in the same way. So I'll, I'll vote for monsters university versus focus focus. I'll vote monsters university. But I think if this was with monsters Inc instead, I would vote focus focus. I agree, but I've already said, Besides the wonderful performance of Bette Midler, was doing nothing for me. Mm-hmm. So, okay. James James and the Giant Peach versus Pirates. You go first on this one. I'm just going to talk about the movies first. Uh, we didn't mention that James and the Giant Peach 
legit had a like a full cameo from Jack Skellington. I completely forgot that that happened. <laughs> Me too. He shows up and the the centipede says a Skellington, and I was like, whoa, whoa what? What? <laughs> and it's legit Jack Skellington as a pirate. It's Captain Jack Skellington, mm-hmm. which is funny because Captain Jack Sparrow. See what I did there? Yep. Also, it totally makes sense that Jack would be in a different costume because he's Halloween Town. Yep. I can't pick James and the Giant Peach over Pirates. James and the Giant Peach is great. It's imaginative. (laughs) It's well animated. It's an interesting story. Shout out to Roald Dahl. He wrote this book. But Curse of the Black Pearl is legit. It's exciting. It's creepy. There are zombie pirates. Everybody's getting stabbed. Everybody's getting shot. It has the essence of Halloween. I absolutely agree. And I think about um, James and the Giant Peach. Like, I'm not excited to watch that again. Um, like, I, it's just, it was a little bit slow. And I thought it was a really good movie. But it's not something that I need to see very often. Um, yeah. And Pirates of the Caribbean is so, it's compelling all the way through. It's not too long. And the music is phenomenal. And the characters are well-developed and catchy. And it's one of those movies where I don't realize how many of the quotes I know until I'm watching it. I legit say, uh, when somebody says, uh, impossible, I whisper under my breath, not probable. Or improbable, (laughs) which is not the quote. But... Yeah, I, I do that often. I got to give flowers to James and the Giant Peach because this is still early stop motion. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. it's three years after Nightmare. And you can still see how, like, in watching James and the Giant Peach and watching Frank and Weenie, you can see the this, and they're, what, almost 20 years apart. But you can still see they kind of look the same. I mean, Frank and Weenie is a little bit more polished. Mm-hmm. A little bit more refined, but the techniques are still there. Like when you watch someone with long legs walk, they're still the same, you know, kind of, you know, motions. But mm-hmm. I respect how James and the Giant Peach is a leap forward from Nightmare because yeah. the the centipede and the spider and the uh, the ladybug, they move around so much. And even mm-hmm. with the uh, the shark... It's, it's different yeah, mechanics shark, that they use. The storm and the water, like, you forget that mm-hmm. it's, yeah, you forget that it's stop motion. Yeah. Even so, I am picking Pirates. Same. Okay. So Pirates versus Monsters U. This one's tough. This seems, this seems kind of, <laughs> we we rigged the fuck out of this Halloween bracket, y'all. Did we? <laughs> Just, like, these are not typical Halloween. This is what happens when we can't talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. We rebel. Nightmare is OP. But to be completely honest, like, if Frank and Weenie had made it through over Hocus Pocus, I probably would have picked Frank and Weenie over Monsters Inc. Or Monsters U. I, I would be rioting. So, Monsters U versus Pirates, what do you think? Can we just stop? Like, I feel like that's good. <laughs> like, we gotta pick I a think win. this is the first, I think this is the first time where I've been like, no, I'm good, let's just keep two. <laughs> no, that's not the point. We gotta pick a winner. I'm like, no, you can have a tie. Soccer no. has ties, right? It's in the, if, if you check the script, <laughs> we have to find a winner. I've been watching Ted Lasso. I'm feeling optimistic. Let me have this story. <laughs> do, do not change the subject. We have to. We got to pick something. Do we? My, my heart in this moment is saying pirates. Why? I think two reasons. I love Monsters University. I love it. I, I think it's a phenomenal movie. I think it's one of the top Pixar movies. But two reasons i'm thinking about things that i'll just like sit down and watch because they're on i'm way more likely to watch pirates than i am monsters 
I'm also more likely to walk away from Pirates of the Monsters. What do you mean walk away? Uh, like, I think I'm just so familiar with it. And, like, I don't, because I don't watch Monsters University that often, like, then I'm going to go ahead and watch the whole movie and not just pop in and out of it. But Pirates, like, I feel like I know so well and love all of it. So any part of it I could walk into and, like, this will be entertaining for 20 minutes or for the whole, like, hour and 45 minutes. An hour and 45? I I think it is, like, an hour 40. Yeah, I could listen to, I feel like, an hour 50. But I, yeah, I I think it's just easier to go in and out of and and just, uh, it's a fun movie. It's fun, it's engaging, it's a little bit spooky. And that's the second reason is, it's genuinely spooky and it's spooky season. So I think it's a fitting win for our bracket. Monsters. I mean, it's, you know, in the name monsters, they are inherently very scary, but beyond that, that giant scare that I alluded to earlier, they don't do that much scaring of things, people, each other. Mm -hmm. But in pirates, like, there are, again, there are zombies, there are pirates, there are zombie pirates, uh, there's an undead monkey, <laughs> there's just a lot of, it's a very spooky atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I think even, even with the exception of maybe Frank and Weenie, but it, and don't look under the bed, I think it has the spookiest atmosphere of the entire bracket. Like, Hocus mm-hmm. Pocus isn't that scary. Uh, Maleficent is no it's not not really that scary you show pirates to the wrong kid it'll it'll fuck them up yeah I think you're right it's probably the, certainly the scariest yeah I think it's the only movie on the in the bracket that has a legit PG-13 rating too so that could be it as well pirates has a it, it has a, a scarier atmosphere to it I will say my only the only thing that I will gripe about with Pirates, and this is a product of it being made in 2003, the CGI on the pirate skeletons, it mm. looks very old. Like, it looks very dated. Yeah, it does. That's the only thing that I can comment on. But the rest of it, it's pretty solid. The you know The characters are the right amount of silly. Like, the only people mm. that are silly are the two, the one that's missing an eye, the one that has his eye popping out, and then the other guy. They're, those are the only ones mm-hmm. that are really, like, trying comic to, relief. like, meant to be comic relief. Jack Sparrow's yeah. funny, but it's it's who he is. It's not a shtick. Which is it's actually the biggest shtick of all, but yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So are we, are we yeah. in agreement? Did we? Yeah. We did it. Okay. With only one coin toss. The winner of our first Halloween bracket is... I don't know that we can pull off another one of these. Oh, there are a lot of movies that we didn't do. I'm not sure we want to do. We'd have to hunt down under wraps. But the winner of our first Halloween bracket is Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Mm-hmm. So for Drunken Disney, when Pedro and Alana were over, uh, we watched... Focus, focus, and Monsters University. And did we create a drinking game for Monsters U, or did we just give up? I think we gave up by that point. Yeah, I think halfway through we just stopped drinking. So we went hard on Focus, focus. So uh, tried and true. These are good rules. Um, one, take a drink anytime someone says book. Take a drink anytime someone says sister or sisters or sisters. And you can stop there. That's Those two are plenty. But then if you are feeling a little bit extra, you can take a drink either the two times two, I think, two times. I think there were three. That they say hocus pocus. It's the title of the movie. The title of the movie, rule. Or uh, I had a friend who played last weekend, and they drank every time someone said virgin. Fair. You can follow Disney Versus on social media, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus, on Twitter at Disney Versus, and on Instagram at Disney Versus Podcast, hashtag Disney Parks Cookbook Challenge, 
I currently have 16 recipes left. <gasps> For the year? Yep. You fill out the time. 16 left to do in roughly two months. I'm really excited. Uh, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please give us a five-star review and drop a comment. If you leave us a five-star review and a comment, we will read it on the air. Tell us what you think of this this uh, heist of a bracket that we did today. <laughs> it was a huge charade, as it were. And uh, just tell us what oh, you God. think. What would your pick have been? And why is it Hocus Pocus? <laughs> give us a five-star review and tell us how wrong we were for picking pirates over everything else that we did or just show your support for james and the giant peach or frankenweenie or i mean where you don't look under the bed stands at i know you're out there i guess no no Uh, they're not (laughs) hope you guys have a safe and happy halloween thank you for listening as always and we will see you guys next episode